0: Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found.
1: That project manager I could never seem to hire?
0: And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash acquire. That's linkedin.com slash acquire. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news.
0: Welcome to the Caixin Seneca Business Brief, brought to you by Sup China. Each week, we bring you a roundup from the world of business in China from Caixin, China's authority on business and financial news, as well as interviews with Caixin Global reporters and editors. I'm Kaiser Guo from the Seneca Podcast. On the losing side is the latest corrupt official to be sentenced to prison for taking bribes, while on the winning side, are the pet owners, who have been allowed to take their pets into their hotels when they quarantine, and somewhere in between is the scandal-ridden Luckin Coffee, which filed for bankruptcy protection in the hope of rising like a phoenix from all of its debt. Whether you view yourself as one of life's winners or an eternal loser, here is what's been happening in China this week. A former Beijing deputy mayor, Chen Gang, has been sentenced to 15 years in prison by a court in the southern city of Nanjing for accepting 129 million yuan, approximately $20 million, in bribes. The sentence is thought to have been relatively lenient on account of the fact that Chen turned himself in and pleaded guilty to his crimes in November 2019. Chen, 54, who spearheaded urban development in the capital city for over a decade, was also fined 5 million yuan after being found guilty of corruption. He will be required to hand over all the proceeds of his crimes to the central government, the ruling said. Chinese Silicon champion Semiconductor Manufacturing International Corp. SMIC reported Declining revenue and profits during the final quarter of 2020 as U.S. sanctions have limited its growth. Fourth quarter revenue dropped 9.4% to $981 million from $1.08 billion in the third quarter, even as sales showed a year over year increase. Profits also fell 13.2% during the fourth quarter from the prior quarter to $228.6 million. Nonetheless, SMIC said it expects to see revenue grow 7% to 9% during the current first quarter under the assumption that its business would not be further impacted by U.S. sanctions. Scandal-ridden Luckin Coffee Inc.'s court-appointed liquidators filed for bankruptcy protection in New York on Friday. The petition, filed under Chapter 15 of Title 11 in the U.S. Code, is part of Luckin's attempts to salvage its business in China and will effectively quarantine the company, protecting it from lawsuits by U.S. creditors as it restructures. Luckin said its thousands of stores in China would remain open for business, and that the filing is, quote, not expected to materially impact day-to-day operations. China's other short video app, Kuaishou, saw its shares nearly triple on its first day of trading in Hong Kong on Friday, becoming the largest internet company debut since Uber Technologies went public almost two years ago. Shares of Kuaishou, a major rival of TikTok's Chinese version Douyin, began trading at $43.60, surging nearly 194% from its original IPO price ranking it 7th among Hong Kong-listed companies in terms of market capitalization. Kuaishou, which means fast hand in Chinese, is one of China's biggest internet success stories of the past decade as pioneered commercializing live streaming and the bite-sized video format. China's services sector expanded at its slowest pace in nine months in January as growth in total new business and new export business softened, according to a Caixin-sponsored survey published last Wednesday. The Caixin China General Services Business Activity Index, which gives an independent snapshot of operating conditions in the services sector, fell to 52 in January from 56.3 the previous month. A number above 50 indicates an expansion in an activity, while a figure below that points to a contraction. The news follows another Caixin industry survey, which showed a slowdown in the rate of growth in manufacturing activity in January. The Caixin China General Manufacturing, PMI, released Monday, declined to 51.5 from 53 the previous month. Beijing ComSat Technology Development, one of China's leading commercial satellite developers, has completed its seventh funding round with a big injection from a state-backed fund. The investment illustrates the Chinese government's growing interest in the area after the use of satellite internet was formally recognized as part of Beijing's list of new infrastructure industries deemed to be future drivers of economic growth. While ComSat did not disclose the exact size of the investment or its new valuation, Shin has learned that the company, along with one of its domestic rivals, Galaxy Space Communication Technology, have joined state-owned enterprises including China Aerospace Science and Industry Corp. Limited in setting up a company expected to be a satellite internet operator. And finally, pet owners in China were able to successfully reverse a policy which would have separated them from their four-legged friends when they went into COVID-19-related quarantine. The issue started to snowball after a video was posted online by a cat-owning Daxing resident who had been told to quarantine away from home for an unspecified amount of time without any assurance that her pets could be fed while she was away. The Post was viewed millions of times, and the District of Daxing issued a new policy that pets and their owners could quarantine together in hospitals. Aww. Let's turn now to Taishin's managing editor, Doug Young, for a closer look at one of the stories in the news this week. Uh, Welcome back, Doug. It looks like Huawei is embroiled in another scandal, but this, this time it's domestic. What exactly is going on here, Doug? Yeah, this is uh, an interesting story because uh,
1: it, it really uh, it's it's about Huawei on some levels, but uh, at a lot of levels, it's about Huawei's founder, who's uh, a pretty reclusive, uh, you know, just not not very outgoing guy named Ren Zhengfei. Uh, and this particular story started here in China, actually, when some people on the internet, uh, you know, the China's China's lively internet netizens. And I think some media also noticed that apparently some trademarks uh, that seemed to be related to Ren's daughter uh, had been registered by the company. Uh, and his his daughter's name is Anna Annabelle, Annabelle Yao, or her ch- name in Chinese is Yao Anna, um, and that a whole bunch of trademarks that were related to her name had recently been registered to Huawei and and people – started saying hmm you know they were they were speculating that maybe she was going to come and work for the company or something like that uh, and then it turned out in fact that uh, he had just used the company essentially to help her register these trademarks she had no particular intention she's she's a recent Harvard grad and uh, had just come back to China and and wants to get an entertainment career going and uh, in fact the company had just basically... Our, our Ren had just basically used the company to help her register these trademarks, you know, which sort of smacks of nepotism. Uh, and as a result, this huge bruhaha grew out of it, and uh, Ren ended up issuing an apology. So
0: I'm sure all the listeners are clear on this, but just in case, maybe we should clarify that this isn't the daughter in Vancouver being held for possible extradition to the United States, right? Right,
1: right. This this daughter's name is Annabelle Yao. Uh, the daughter who's stuck in Canada is called Wan Zhou, uh, and they're actually daughters by different mothers. Uh, Ren has been married at least twice so far as we could tell, and um, this this one who's just at the most recent controversy is a bit younger
0: than the other one who's still being detained in Canada. And so, why is this such a big deal? This scandal involving the uh, trademarks and uh, Annabelle Yao. Well,
1: it's a, it's a big deal. You know, nepotism and corruption are, are always sort of testy subjects. But uh, I think also it, it, it shows or plays up to a, a bigger picture of, of Huawei and, and this guy Ren. You know, uh, Ren has been painted in, in some corners, anyhow, uh, as being sort of the, the victim. You know, Huawei is the victim of all this, this U.S., uh, these U.S. sanctions and stuff. Uh, But, you know, here he is sort of engaging in his own inappropriate behavior within his company, essentially abusing his position as as founder of the company to help out his daughter. And I think this actually, you know, it plays to an interesting human element of the Huawei story that we don't really see very often uh, because, like I say, Ren is not a very high profile guy. He's become more pro- high profile since this whole, you know, all the U.S. sanctions began, but he's not a real ho- high profile guy. And, and in a lot of ways, he's, he's not a very savory character, which maybe this particular incident reflects.
0: And Doug, are there potentially any wider implications to this? I mean, it, it doesn't, I mean, to be honest, it doesn't sound like that big of a deal to me.
1: Well, that's the interesting story here is that I think a lot of people, again, don't, especially our listeners who aren't here in China, maybe not realize, you know, how do Chinese people view Huawei? Uh, And they may just automatically assume that, you know, when the U.S. is beaten up on Huawei, the Chinese are all outraged and this and that. But the bottom line is Chinese people in general actually have quite a mixed feeling on Huawei uh, I think people do think, you know, it's been a successful company. Um, it makes good products. And I, I'll admit that I have a Huawei phone myself. But at the same time, people do look at at, at Ren because uh, he's really – I wouldn't say he's – he's, you know, he hasn't – I don't think he's killed anybody. But he's done a lot of very unethical things over his career, uh, including – you know, just flagrantly stealing intellectual property from other companies, uh, you know, sending spies to go in, and and take other companies' IP, uh, just all sorts of stuff like that. And then within Huawei itself, it's supposed to just have this killer corporate culture where people are just basically encouraged to stay in their office 24 hours a day. I mean, I know people who've worked there and, and you know, nobody there lasts like a year or two at the most. So, you know, it's it's a it's a very conflicted company. Um you know, it's it's being painted as a victim in some ways, but in a lot of ways, this is not really a company that I think most corporate governance people would point to and say, you know, this is a model of a, a company that everybody wants to imitate. So um and and you know I and mean, again I think this this whole nepotism story probably touches on that sort of, you know, Wren's Questionable background, you know uh, that some of the stuff he does. Even though you know, sure, who wouldn't want to help their own daughter? But you know, if you're an ethical boss, you go through, you know, through usual channels, and you don't abuse your own company's powers to to help out your own daughter when you know maybe some other guy sitting in the next office doesn't have that
0: same uh, privilege as you. All right, thank you, Doug, and uh, we look forward to having you back on the show again soon. Okay, thanks Kaiser. Thank you. And that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. The Tyson Seneca Business Brief is produced by Kaiser Guo and Nandini Venkata, with stories from the staff of Taishin Global. Special thanks to Lee Xin and Marcus Ryder of Taishin Global. Thanks to Spring and Autumn for the music. For more on China, be sure to check out the other shows in the Seneca Network on Sub China, especially our new China stories, which features long stories read from Tyson Global. From Sub China, from Sixth Tone, The Wire China, and The World of Chinese. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Take care.